0: Bob Stafford joining you in Seattle. The Oilers in the Kraken tomorrow. They skated today at the Cracked-In practice facility after uh, yet another disappointing result. Edmonton's lost four straight, 2-9 and 1 to start the season. Oilers now is brought to you by World of Spas. Aching after a long day, World of Spas offers tubs designed with your relief in mind. Rest, recover, and relax with World of Spas. Alberta's number one swim spa dealer. Visit worldofspas.com. We are going to head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline. The River Cree Resort and Casino seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. The River Cree Resort and Casino excitement bet on it, and we welcome uh, back to the show. I believe this is the second time we've ever had him on ESPN's Ryan Clark. Now, do they have two Ryan Clarks? I'm trying to think about that for a second. Ryan is our Oilers now headliner for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock W I L H A U K today. Hello, Ryan. It's Bob. How
1: you doing? Good, good. But to answer your question, yes, there are two Ryan Clarks. This always comes up. So there's myself and then there's NFL Ryan Clark. And I get emails from people being like, I disagreed with your assessment on the Cowboys. How could you say that? And it's like, Sorry, I'm the one who covers hockey, and they're typically pretty nice, but it's even to the point where I will get his travel itinerary. So trust me, there are definitely two Ryan Clarks at ESPN.
0: Now, was Ryan Clark with the Steelers when Tebow threw threw that overtime touchdown pass uh, to, to Demarius Thomas?
1: Yes, he was, but he wasn't playing in the game because I believe he was out for a medical reason so, yes, but of course, everybody remembers that pass from voted to Mary Thomas, but he was a stealer at that
0: time. As we've discussed over the last couple of years, you know I'm a huge NCAA college football junkie, which always, <laughs> and I'm going to draw a parallel to, and you can take it for what it's worth. Um, but, I, I, you know, this is year 16 for me for doing the Oilers, and of course, I'm the former SID at the University of Alberta, did football and hockey play-by-play while I was there. And I love football. And though I don't necessarily love all aspects of the South, Ryan, I love that they love college football in the South, okay? And at the start of the season, Coach Prime, Leon, uh, Deion Sanders, was he was the story in college football for the first three weeks in Alabama had lost to Texas and not used Jalen Milrow in their third game of the year against South Florida. And people were talking about the fact that Nick Saban was done, that primetime Deion Sanders was on. Look what he's done with Colorado. Now, Colorado is a couple years away from building their program up, in fairness to Deion. But they've dropped some games, and not so fast on those that are predicting the demise of Nick Saban, as Alabama has rung off seven straight wins and suddenly are poised to end up in the sec championship game and it's an illustration especially in the south about maybe how people overreact to the starts to the season is do you think maybe there might be a comparable to what happens in canada in hockey when a team in the first 12 games of the year starts Two nine and one, because I can tell you right now, for our fan base in Edmonton, they're nervous, and there could be changes. And it is a significant story around the league when the highest scoring team in the league last year is twenty eighth in goals four, and struggling for wins. There might be something to that sort of comparison in terms of just how crazy and passionate the fan base is in the in the South in the U.S. in the Southeastern Conference, and then a comparable for maybe what hockey means in Canada
1: yes Yes, and no just yes for the comparison because the passion the fact people care had this conversation with evander Kane today and he talked about look this is edmonton this is a really passionate place and plus people know you literally get off the plane you go to baggage claim and one of the conveyor belts is shaped like a rink and it there's the edmonton oilers right there it makes it very clear how much the oilers mean but the The big difference between, let's say, Alabama and the Oilers just for the sake of this discussion would be is Nick Saban and Alabama, they've had a decade of not only proven results, but they've won, and not only won, but they've won in dominant fashion to the point where college football was chasing them. With the Oilers, that's really been the big question is until the way this season started, and of course things could change. We're still talking about there's 70 games left for them. They were very much in that conversation of they're one of those favorites to win the whole thing. They're playing in a in a conference in which there's Vegas and Colorado, the last two teams to win the Stanley Cup. Both look like they could do it again this year. You look at the Oilers and you think, okay, they should be in that discussion because their last two eliminations have come against the two teams that have won it all. But yet when you look at the start of this season, it's like, yes, you, if you're a fan of the Oilers, even if you're not a fan of the Oilers, everyone's asking the same questions what is i know we're going to get into this shortly but when you look at things like the underlying metrics even again with this team perplexing is the word that comes to mind
0: does it show you the great equal like you know what in football if you don't have a quarterback and jalen milrow wasn't established yet as the guy and they've come to terms with what he is, of Nick Saban, and built and developed that offense as the season's gone on. But if, if you don't got a quarterback, you got to have a defense like the Ravens in 2000 or the you know the Bears in 85. And in hockey, if if you don't you know if you're struggling in goal, you got to be able to score. And the Oilers could outscore a lot of teams last year. They led the league in goal scoring. It does just reinforce at times goaltending seventy percent of hockey. Unless you don't have it, then it's a hundred percent of hockey.
1: Well, it is, especially, again, when you look at the underlying numbers. So, like, let's look at things like high-danger chances per 60. With the Oilers, when it comes to high-danger chances per 60 allowed, they've allowed the fourth fewest, the Kings, the Avs, the Jets, the Oilers. So the numbers tell you, defensively, they're not giving up a lot in those sort of dangerous areas. But, yeah, when you look at team save percentage, especially in high-danger areas, the Oilers, they have the worst percentage in the league. Like, that's, that's an alarming thing, and when you have trouble stopping those high-danger chances, that's, that, that's an issue. But again, that's the thing, is when you look at all the numbers with this team, and we heard people talk about it today in the sense of the need to find sharpness. They are getting the high danger chances the metrics suggested. They're limiting the low, the high danger chances. We just went through that. But it's like, how do you find a way to put those pieces together? And it's kind of been the big thing. And again, just as someone who's just around this team for the day, but has watched and read and listened from afar, it seems like with the Oilers right now, there's the understanding of what needs to happen. They need to find a way to turn the corner. But how do you get there? Is the big question. Is it the machine? Is it the whole? Is it the cogs within the machine? And getting those figured out, then the machine is the whole works. Is it both? Is it neither? And again, it's what makes them such a fascinating team at the moment. Because again, in, in four or five months, we could be talking about, hey, remember when they started the season like this? Is they look like they're about to challenge for the West? Or who knows what we could be talking about in a few months' time? But. Either way, to think that the Edmonton Oilers would be sitting here tied with the San Jose Sharks for the fewest points at the first, what, 10 to 12 games of the season. No one saw that.
0: We're joined by Ryan S. Clark, ESPN NHL writer. Bob Stauffer joining you on the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline. All right, Ryan, uh, you're based here in Seattle. The Kraken, you talk about numbers. They shot the lights out. Seattle, Vegas, and Edmonton were the only three teams in the league last year that had 12 forwards of 10 plus goals. Seattle actually had the highest shooting percentage in the league. I think there were people like myself that thought there would be a bit of a, uh, you know, a, a bounce back into the medium there. I didn't expect it to be as significant for Edmonton because who would, given they got McDavid and Dreisaitl. how would you as- assess the Kraken start to the season?
1: a little mixed just because you've seen moments where they look like the team that showed this is how they are in this position of being a Western Conference playoff team. You saw it last night when they played the Colorado Avalanche. The argument has been, was that the most complete game they've played all year? Because, well, like, yes, Colorado did get back into that game at times because, again, they're a cup contender. You saw the Kraken not only hold serve when it needed to, but they were able to score goals, and they got the goal-tending they needed at critical times. But then there have been games they've had, like when they played the Calgary Flames where they lose by what four goals in a, a 6-2 loss and it led to questions and so when the team has been consistent the, the, and you look at the game-winning goal oliver bjork strand had against colorado they were able to get to the net front they were able to be in those areas when you look at the games that they've lost they become a perimeter team, and that's something even Dave Haxtell talked about in the early parts of the season, and that's where when you look at the shooting percentage conversation, that's what's led to these questions is, did you really get that kind of percentage being a team that likes the perimeter and maybe not attacks those, those central areas of the ice? But if you're getting in the central areas of the ice and getting those percentages, then it's a different conversation. But right now, it's a little mixed with the idea that technically they're tied on points with the Blues for the last... A wild card spot, but of course the Blues have two games in hand. And yes, while it's still early, that's the thought is they're on the outskirt looking in, but the feeling is with given how competitive the Pacific is supposed to be this year, that might be the reality for the Kraken, that three spot or one of those two wild card positions.
0: Ryan, the final, uh, the top two players for Calder voting were the Edmonton Oilers, Stuart Skinner. Oilers fans know that, and they know that he's had a difficult start to the season. The guy that won it was Manny Benares. And you talk about difficult seasons. He's got one goal in 14 games, and he is minus 13. Now, sometimes plus minus is a BS stat. Suffice to say, though, with one goal in 14 games, Veneers hasn't been quite the same guy he was a year ago.
1: That's fair to say, but in terms of what it will take for him to get back to that point, that's what made his goal last night against the Avalanche such an important one because, one, you're able to see him get on the board, and, two, you need to get consistency out of him just because when you think about what this team was in year one, there was a lot of things they were missing. The big one was who is this true bona fide top six number one center, and that's what Matty Beniers provides. You believe he's second on the team in ice time behind Alexander Winberg, but it's that ability to give you someone who can not only be trusted in the defensive zone, but in the offensive zone, they can create for themselves, they can create for others, and that's why if you're the Kraken and you look at the way Matty Beniers scored, you're hoping to see more of that, because if you can get him scoring, and then you can get him to continue to facilitate, and then you're able to see him find more consistency in his defensive game, really the five-player unit as a whole. That's going to be big when it comes to how you compete in the Pacific, which, again, Edmonton fans know this. Vegas people expected to be there. Vancouver's interesting because maybe you didn't think it, but when you look at how they played the right pocket. We did. We they, did. They, they, they won 20 of the 36 games under talking but of course that comes with the caveat of they look good under Bruce Boudreaux, but we saw how last year started for them too. The Kings people figured we're going to be there because of what they've done in the offseason, and the reality of the Kings is this. If they can get past the first round or the Edmonton Oilers in the first round, who's to say what they're going to do? So if you're the Kraken, you're thinking about that, the fact that Ducks have had this start, the Coyotes people think are going to be better, and of course there's the Oilers. There is nothing about this that's going to be easy, and that's why they need Matty Veneers to be at his best.
0: Ryan S. Clark joining us. Bob Stoffer with you in orders now at 618 in Edmonton. Ryan, the Kraken came in 30th last year in save percentage. Philip Grubauer was unbelievable as a member of the Colorado Avalanche. If you look at his uh, numbers in the three seasons preceding his time with the Kraken organization, you know, he was 914 and 919 save percentage. This year he's at 900. The last two years, sub 900. Is this a byproduct of system play, or has he had some challenges being the full-time number one guy here in Seattle?
1: It seems like it's a mix of both, just because that first year, got a chance to talk with Philip, having covered him in Colorado, and asked him, like, what are the intricacies of these systems that are different? Because both defensive structures are predicated on making sure the opposing team gets shots from distance, that it's not about allowing, allowing these high danger chances, something that the Kraken have excelled at. And he said, while I understand why people might think that, there's small things that you may not look at that from a goalie's perspective. It's little things that you kind of have to get figured out. And so, of course, what you saw last year is even when Philip Grubauer was injured and Martin Jones came in, it's a system that won games, but it was a question of did you get that consistent goaltending? And when Philip Grubauer got healthy, he started to find that consistency. And what you saw in the playoffs, especially in that final game against the Dallas Stars where they lose 2 one is you see that consistency, and it's just been a matter of how does a guy like Philip Grubauer find it, especially at a point in time where year one, no one really knew what to expect. Going into year two, people didn't know what to expect, but then they made it clear it's the playoff team. Now that you're in year three, it's the expectations that you can get to the playoffs, and, and not only get to the playoffs, but be a cup contender like the Avs and challenge another one like the Stars. they are going to need Philip Grubauer to be that player, and that's just it, is like, when you look at what he's done in the past, he's shown that he can be. But it seems but like when you look for when he is at his best, it has typically been in the latter months of the season. But to say that the system he played in Colorado benefited him, there would be truth to that. Because you think about the goalies that have come through Colorado. Bill Grubauer had some of the best seasons of his career. Darcy Kemper replaces him. Darcy Kemper has a career year. And you look at Gorgiev now and the ability with Gorgiev has been there. But to put him in that system where you have a five player unit where you got McCarr, you got Page, you got Manton, Bowen Byram, Sam Gerard, you got Dak Johnson, Eric Johnson rotate, the guys like McKinnon, Bronson, and who they're designed to keep the puck, it has certainly helped with those numbers.
0: All right, one final one for you because we had a texter, Rob, asking me about James Reimer, saying that's the immediate go-get for the orders. Reimers had a great start for Detroit. Uh, Reimer was a player uh, who elected last year. There was some criticism over it. Uh, I believe was it a did not want to wear uh, the jersey to to celebrate tonight. And you write often about uh, topics of diversity. Um, I could not believe that the league put a mandate out on on, on Pride tape. like, uh, And we discussed it on the show, and I am by no means a virtue signaler. I just think that players should have choice either way. Uh, I'm not surprised the league's walked that back. Were <laughs> you surprised the league did that in the first place?
1: It's hard to say just because every league is different, but when you start talking to different leagues throughout hockey, then that's when you kind of started thinking, like, Wow, has the NHL kind of gone out on a pier here? Because you reach out to different leagues. The AHL, the ECHL, they did not put any mandates. They said, Hey, players if they you know wanna wear pride have pride tape they're not going to stop it. They're not going to stop jersey initiatives. The ECHL said they had a contingency plan in place for if a player didn't feel comfortable wearing a specialty jersey. And when asked what have been examples of those contingencies, they said we've never had to use them because we've never had a player say anything. It's the same thing in the NCAA, same thing throughout the CHL, whether it be the Q, the WHL, or the OHL is as, as, as well. Even the USHL said, Yeah, we've not really had these issues. And so when you think about how this worked throughout the rest of the sport, and then you see the NHL. It was definitely a decision that raised questions. Of course, it was rectified, but it just goes to show that when it comes to these discussions that these leagues are entering into, for, for the people that argue, should a league really wade into this discussion, it has become unavoidable, whether you are the NFL, the NHL, NBA, Major League Baseball, uh, women's soccer, women's hockey, the, the Premier League, it doesn't matter. Like These are becoming real conversations. They already were, but they've become to the point where they do intersect with sports.
0: Yeah, great stuff. Excellent perspective. Ryan, we'll see you at the game tomorrow, okay?
1: You got it. Thanks for having me.
0: You bet. That's Ryan S. Clark from ESPN. It's 623 in Edmonton. Brett in Nanaimo says, Bob, listen up. If you don't love me at 2-9-1, then don't love me at the playoffs. It ain't over. Till it's over from Brett in Nanaimo. All right, when we come back, we're going to provide you an update on NHL today for elite promotional marketing on the games that are currently taking place. It's 624 in Edmonton. let's listening to Orders now. Welcome back, everybody. 627 in Edmonton. Let's go to the Orders now. Injury report. It's brought to you all season long by James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang, and James H. Brown. Proud supporters of the Edmonton Oilers, the Edmonton Elks, and the Alberta Golden Bears. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. I uh, will tell you, Connor Brown and Matias Janmark both skated today for the Edmonton Oilers. Meanwhile, Seattle, Jordan Eberle got a skate cut. He is out with a lower body injury, out indefinitely. Brandon Tenev is out with a lower body issue. Andre Burakovsky uh, with an upper body challenge. So two top six forwards and a good third third line player out for the kraken as we go to nhl today for elite promotional up uh, uh pr- elite promotional marketing here is brendan escott with an nhl update uh okay we <laughs> have 1-1 in buffalo calgary is down 3-1 to toronto devils down 3-0 panthers up 3-1 on uh carolina and there's a couple games coming up later we got to get the news Welcome to Global News Weather Traffic Update, Thomas Dias.